0: Hello and welcome to the Event Safety Podcast. I'm Danielle Hernandez.
1: And I'm Steve Adelman.
0: And Steve, today we're going to talk about ourselves!
1: (laughs) Because we do enjoy staring at our own navels.
0: Yay! No, no, no. So what we're actually going to do is we're going to have a recap of our recent, very successful Event Safety Summit in Houston. And it was awesome. And I came home and I was glowing for a week. We're recording this at the end of November, so we've had a, a couple weeks post summit. We thought this would be a great time to recap how it went and to ask some other people how they thought it went.
1: Yeah, so, Danielle, this is is kind of a neat opportunity to recap an event, but not through just our own eyes. Because podcast listeners, you kind of get what Danielle and I are about. (laughs) You know, you've heard our stuff enough. Um, So what we've done is we've brought in two smart young friends so that we can see the summit through their eyes. So today, Danielle and I have um, been joined by Francesca Kizzoni um, from South by Southwest. Francesca is a production manager there. Um, and by Emily Jew, who is a director of production at the Columbus Association for the Performing Arts in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so Francesca gets the warm weather prize here today. And the rest of us are dressed for cold. Um, so... <laughs> Francesca and Emily, um, let's just start with kind of a basic question. Francesca, I'll start with you because you're to my left on the screen, um, and then we'll go to Emily. Why did you decide to come to this year's Event Safety Summit? Um, Had you ever been to one before? I I honestly don't remember.
2: Um, Hey, guys. Yeah, I um, have never been to an Event Safety Summit before this year. Um, and I've been a long time listener of the podcast, never been on it either. So, a lot of first this year. Um, in terms of what made me want to attend, you know, it was a mix of things. I think wanting to attend is kind of the wrong way to put it. It's more like I had like this duty to attend. I feel like after being. It was an, <laughs> an
0: obligation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> an obligation.
1: I don't, does that, is, I don't is imagine that that's better. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, it's great. Like, of course, I had the obligation to come because um, my company is a huge supporter of the ESA, but also like a personal obligation. You know, I've been in the entertainment industry for many years, but I'm new to the safety side. And I think there's this like shift that happens in your DNA when you stop compartmentalizing safety in your job, and it just becomes part of everything you do. Um, And you just like a hunger to learn more to be a better safety manager, to bring these things back to your company, your constituents. Um, so yeah, this conference this year came after that shift for me, um, and I just every day it's all I do now is kind of feed into this uh, this need to learn about all safety. sorts of
0: warm fuzzy feelings inside now. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so that takes us to Emily. So I my first.
3: Uh, Event Safety Alliance Safety Summit was 2019, back in Lidditz. And I've just, since I went and got bit by that bug, I've just been making it a priority to come back every year and see how it's changing, reconnect with people, make new acquaintances, figure out what's going on in the industry. So Francesca had a much uh, more thought out, approach than I did, for sure.
0: <laughs> but just yeah. as heartfelt, you've been coming back since 2019, which meant that you got through the pandemic. I did. And and followed us all counting, the way to Houston. Yeah, I'm <laughs> counting
1: years. So 2019 was the last pre-pandemic summit. Mm-hmm. Then we missed 2020. We did a virtual one in 21. And then we did the 22- 22...
3: In March.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was actually the 2021 in real life version that we kicked over to twenty-two. So this was actually your first full summit since 2019.
3: I mean it was I was at twenty-one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean this was our first big one. Big one again since twenty nineteen because we had space restricted, but anyway, none of that matters. Sure. Like, thanks for following along.
1: <laughs> I'm like having pandemic acid flashbacks. Now. Yeah.
2: It's so yeah. crazy to think like, not only was my first event safety summit a post pandemic summit. So I'm sure the way we've all talked about safety has shifted mm-hmm. dramatically. It's also, I've only started working in safety specific roles post pandemic. So everything is so is digested so differently in my mind. And you guys are talking about a different era to me.
1: So, Francesca, talk about that, because just before we went live, I asked you your title and you said production manager, but it sounds like production manager for you has a significant helping of safety. What actually is your role? Yeah, sure.
2: So, um, production management, obviously, as we all can attest to, um, is a safety role in itself, I think we can all argue, but uh, I'm also a contractor uh, abroad in America. I wear a lot of different hats and one of the hats I wear is I'm an event control liaison, um, specifically for music festivals. So, so so
0: assume that other people don't necessarily know what that means and define what that role is. Yeah. Hey, first time listeners, welcome in, welcome to
2: the ESA.
1: (laughs) First time, long time.
2: (laughs) Um, yeah, an event control liaison. I think there's some industry standard titles, but also some, titles that shift event to event right is what I am finding so in my definition an event control liaison is not a manager not a controller but somebody who sits in event control which is one of the safety centers that we have on site um and represents a specific part of the festival so I typically represent music festival um yeah thank you Mm -hmm. yeah no problem but yeah, I've been doing that role, not even for two years now. And earlier I kind of talked about like, what Jane Digby said about this DNA shift happening. And Emily said this bug biting you. And I think since you guys were really interested to hear what a new um, professional in this industry thought of the event safety summit, I think that that bug has to bite you before you can really get everything out of the summit that you possibly can. So for me, that happened when I was in event control two-hour situation type thing, and DNA shifted after that, so.
1: Without asking you to dig too deep into the dark recesses of your soul, the two-hour thing, was that something that went not quite right that you had to deal with?
2: Oh, well, I already brought out, like, the red um, couch, therapist couch and everything, and I'm drinking warm tea, so I was prepared to get really deep. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to ask you guys the same question back because I was curious what shifted this perspective for you. Because I'm sure we all have a moment, but it, yeah, it was it was quite a serious situation that happened only one hour after my event control training, my first day ever sitting in the seat. Uh, the company I was contracting for, <laughs> Steve shaking his head for those. Of you <laughs> I'm just here. thinking it's
1: astonishing that you stuck with it, <laughs> but, but do I go know. on.
2: Yeah, well, um, it's 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 not too happy of a situation so my laughing is only in, in memory of how crazy it was but one after one hour after my training the company I was contracting for went through the longest like consistently running um, shot fired situation that we had ever faced um, and so me and a very concentrate concentrated team of event professionals walked the entire company through that situation for two hours and At five in the morning, um, everything changed for me. And I knew that this would be my new passion. So now I kind of want to turn the question back on you guys. Do you guys remember that moment for you when everything changed?
1: Uh, I certainly do. Um, Go to my website for Edelman Law Group and you can watch a video um, where, yeah, I mean, I'm a lawyer, so I worked on a case where a young man almost died in a crowd crush Um, And I litigated that case back when I was doing litigation. Um, I litigated that case for a couple of years. And it was by far the most interesting thing I'd ever worked on. And um, I got to know the young man who suffered a permanent brain injury. And he was a lovely guy. Mm -hmm. And the injury was really cruel because he knew that he would never be right again. So he had suffered enough brain damage that there were a lot of things that he would never be able to do the way he had planned to do before that. Um, but he wasn't so brain damaged as to be unaware of his limitations. So he was going to live the rest of his life knowing that he was limited and frustrated by it every single day. So that was, you know, over the course of a couple of years of litigation, that was my moment.
2: I've read about that. Yeah, it's, that's such a serious case.
0: Um, mine was a little different. Um, and was, was quite a while ago, obviously. Um, I had a, so I work at a college and I had a student fall under the orchestra pit while it was in motion.
2: No. Um, Oh my gosh.
0: They're fine. Years later, they're fine. Um, Yes, (laughs) me too. Um, and that experience changed my life because Fortunately, they are fine, um, but two feet to the right or left, and they may not have been. Um, and it, we were already, we already had a whole bunch of safety protocols, but that experience made me think, I was like, all right, whoa, whoa we can do this better. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, so two things. First of all, the reason I ever tell that story um, is because I don't want anyone else to experience it. Right. The whole reason I am passionate about event safety is because I want you to learn from my story, not have one of your own. And I see people come to many people that are passionate about safety, have that moment where things did not go well. And, decided not to leave the industry or not to just not care, but they decided that they were gonna really care. Um, And then shortly after that, I was at a session at LDI, a conference in Vegas. And in that room, there were people presenting about this new thing called the event safety guide. And I was like, oh, there are more people who care about this. (laughs) And uh, that was my introduction to the ESA. And uh, that night I went out to dinner with a friend and I said, I have not felt this excited about something since I was a freshman theater major in
1: college.
2: Oh, wow. I was a theater major too, by the way. (laughs) Same.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Arts and humanities. Yay. Yay. (laughs) This is what your kids can do with this education.
2: (laughs) I'm going to start acting all around you, Steve. We'll start quoting Shakespeare. Don't, I was an American
1: worry. Studies major. I took some theater too. Don't
0: worry, I was never an actor. <laughs> Same, never acting. It's my least favorite class. <laughs> Emily, I would never uh, force the the storytelling on you, but if you wanted to share, this would be your opportunity.
3: So my the bug that bit me and made me want to be better was I working at a stagehand as a stagehand. Um. We had a stage collapse. Um, I was fortunate in that I decided to take my case and go the long way around. And so I was not next to the forklift that hit the stage that caused the stage collapse. But... um, Yeah. Seeing people fall into a hole in the stage and then dealing with the people who were, like, very shaken up afterwards. I remember just holding this random young woman who'd been thrown off of the stage by somebody else to like shove her to get her out of the way so that she didn't also fall in the hole. She was totally fine, but having an emotional response to a very traumatic incident and just being like, okay, here we are. We're all here together. It's gonna be okay. Um, Most everyone was completely fine. Um, I think currently right now downstairs is working one of the guys who was seriously injured but has since gotten better um, so you know you get through things and then you freak out about them later and you try and learn how to be better
1: which <laughs> we, we is tried the that event out. safety
0: summit in yes. a nutshell yeah. let's try to be mm-hmm. better
1: <laughs> Yeah, we, we tried that out among the uh, possible slogans for the event safety alliance uh, life safety first. Uh, you know, mess things up and try to do better next time. <laughs> Didn't quite have the same flow. Yeah, I mean it's I've... interesting to to hear these stories because even among our, you know, the the things that cause us to become you know interested in safety enough to spend a bunch of time thinking about it stuff went wrong and still not every time was there a serious injury. Um, And I, you know, as we did during the summit, I take real comfort in that, you know, we we mess up a lot of things without there being a similarly large number of catastrophic outcomes.
2: Yeah. Comforting is a good word to describe the summit. There's a lot of people in the same room that understand these situations that No one outside the room can understand exactly how you feel about them, and not every situation is a disaster, so it is nice to remind yourself about that.
0: So maybe I've already, maybe we've already asked this, answered this question that I'm about to ask. What what was the thing that you took home from the summit that gave you the most to think about or meant the most or was... Uh, the answer to why you went.
1: Tell us how fabulous we were. Is really what Danielle. That was, was asking. I was
0: not asking for a compliment there. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, or no, be more specific. Like, Eleven. Like oh.
1: <laughs> wow, that's very spinal tap of you, Francesca.
0: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> I got to throw in a joke somewhere. Um, yeah, I can go ahead and and answer that. For me, the the thing that I keep thinking about. Funnily enough, because you think it is farthest away from what I do day to day, um, is actually Nathan, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Vasberg. Yeah, yeah. Nathan Vassberg, um, from um, from NASA, he was fabulous. And for those of you listening that weren't able to attend the summit this year, but definitely will next year after this podcast, um, Nathan Vasberg was the NASA deputy director of crew safety. Um, and he opened the conference this year, which to me was fabulous because not only is he great because he's incredibly important to American culture and it, there's a wow factor, but like, there's this deeper truth to him being there that, you know, event safety is, is human safety. And I feel like when Nathan was speaking, he like transported me to this place where I felt like I was on NASA safety, just listening to his story. And then afterwards I was like, shocked why didn't i already feel like i was on nasa safety truly what's the difference between the two things between me being in event control and him saving lives at nasa the difference is negligible that's the thing i keep coming back to is that it's crucial to recognize the serious and importance undertone of of the work that we all do and as a young person i think um being new to this industry it's a little difficult um, to always take yourself and your work so seriously, especially with the signaling that you get from society that you're in entertainment. We're not neurosurgeons. We're not saving the world, but are we, are we not doing just the same thing, saving lives? So um, I, I keep coming back to that to answer your question, Danielle. I just keep, keep thinking to myself and should I apply to NASA? You know?
0: Um, I mean, quite possibly, first of (laughs) all. Uh, I, I loved his session, and I loved a couple of the points. Was that he personalized it, right? He talked about how the the biggest tools he had were, I think it was a bag of lollipops. He would go around and just talk to right. people yeah. and and get information from people and and having relationships. And I think in our industry, that's one of those things that actually I think is a strength is that the entire industry is built on relationships, and. And the ability to forge relationships in a matter of minutes, simply because you have a a common background, ish. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. I think I can't wait to work for NASA. I would like a tour. Sure,
2: you got it. Maybe I'll save a lollipop for you too.
0: Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Emily, what what was your your biggest takeaway or highest peak?
3: My biggest takeaway from this year's safety summit was really the pull back and look at everything from the bigger picture and how there's this huge shift happening right now in the industry overall of looking at the mental and the emotional challenges and how we can support people and do better and how that is enabling everyone to look stop worrying about all of the little practical things that we all know how to do better at. We just get bogged down with everything else that's going on because, you know, this work is high, fast-paced, high-intensity, and, you know, it's super physical for a lot of the time. So taking care of everyone's mental and emotional challenges so that they can handle what they're being asked to do and seeing that actually start taking hold in the industry has been huge and is, I'm really looking forward to where we keep going from there.
0: Yeah. And I would say, um, this is going to sound like I'm saying the opposite of what Francesca said before, but I'm actually not. Uh, we are not flying a plane or doing brain surgery. We can afford to take a minute to fix a person or a thing or just take a beat to, you know, figure out what's going on because we are in entertainment. So the other, the flip side of of what Francesca said before is we are saving lives. Absolutely. We also have the luxury of the time in most circumstances to figure out what's going on.
2: We're not robots, right? Right. And <laughs> in, in entertainment, I feel like so often we treat ourselves a little bit that way, you know, but... Oh, you're doing... Okay, Steve just did a little dance. I thought he was telling me to switch topics or something. (laughs) No,
1: he
0: was doing the robot.
1: (laughs) It was pathetic, podcast listeners. (laughs) This is not a visual medium for a reason.
0: (laughs) I'm a backstage person on purpose. (laughs) Oh, amen, amen.
1: I tell stories, I don't dance. (laughs) So, this is another opportunity for you to say that Stephen Danielle, we loved your session better than all of the other sessions that we loved. Was there any was there any part of the summit that you found particularly compelling? and Emily, I think you just addressed that for you. so Francesca, maybe this is a question for you to take.
2: That's such a good question that I really have to to think about it um.
1: We should give you the Whova app, and then you could go through all the session titles again.
0: I'm on it right now. Oh. Same. (laughs) (laughs) I I did that earlier today to be like, all right, (laughs) what did we do again?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so Um, podcast listeners, while they're thumbing through the Whova app, we can tell you what we're talking about here. Um, So we are not Luddites at the Event Safety Alliance, and we put the entire summit program along with various means of communication, um, which both Francesca and Emily took massive advantage of and you know were among our high scorers in the communication scale. Oh Emily is showing us her phone right now. I couldn't read it. Were you were I, you I made
3: fourth place on the leaderboard.
1: Fourth place on the leaderboard of people who communicated most in the Hoover app. Yay <laughs> Emily Jew. Um <laughs> kudos and, and so <laughs> You know, in the interest of practicing what we preach once in a while, we focused on improving communications among ourselves in real time during the summit. And so not only did we post the entire summit schedule with presenter bios linked and cross linkage and stuff like that, um, but also we had all of the attendees contact info so they could reach each other, which I thought was a real upgrade, um. And we had basically a whole messaging platform. So pretty cool. And, and I think that went well. Anyway, now that I filibustered for you guys. <laughs> back to you. <laughs> back to you. Was, was there a favorite session? Obviously, other than the one Danielle and I did. No, obviously, other than that Obviously. One.
2: Well, there were so many great sessions. Um it's hard to pick. Obviously, Tammy Richter, um, is a coworker <laughs> of mine. Shout out to Tammy. Um she's fantastic. She's standing right behind me you can't see her, but she's helping <laughs> the words of this answer to me. I'm just kidding. Um, there I kind of <laughs> see a
1: tiny Tammy Richter on your shoulder right now.
2: <laughs> and who's on the other side? There has to be one and two. Um that, I guess that would be John
1: Badcock, I'm guessing.
2: <laughs> Isn't it? Exactly. There, there were so many, seriously, that stuck out to me, especially um, the climate workshop being from Texas. It's incredibly important for me to think about um, uh, when it comes to weather. Um, you know, one that I, I do keep thinking of, and I, you guys are going to really think that I'm pandering to you, is I really do think of the price of safety is right quite often. Um, Steve, do <laughs> you want to explain or Danielle what that session was about?
1: So here's a I Yiddish word. It there's a Yiddish word for what I'm feeling right now. It's called to Kvel K V E L L to Kvel is, you know, to sort of swell with pride. And I did not know how that session was landing, even as we were doing it. <laughs> so Francesca, it is really nice for you to say, you know, cause I needed that affirmation. That session was a ton of work and I could not tell if, you know, if it was good or not. Um, so that
0: was one of our last sessions, and it was one where a bunch of safety gear was brought out in the style of The Price is Right, for those of you who remember being homesick and watching it on TV, <laughs> um, and people had to, contestants from the audience got to guess how much they thought the item cost, be it a roll of tape or a hard hat or, you know, whatever. Um and the, the, the end message of all of these different items uh, was, did it cost more to be prepared for something to go wrong versus the end uh, result of an injury? And it, it even took the emotional part of somebody having to live with a life-changing inju- injury out of it. It was like just pure financial. When you're done with court and medical bills, what cost more, and spoiler alert, it would have been cheaper to do it right the first time yeah that's the non-glamorous with the lights and the funny jokes and all that version of what that yeah the production was fantastic (laughs) just so
3: everyone remembers francesca did in fact win the price is right
1: (laughs) thank you emily (laughs) francesca you were so modest to bury the lead there
2: Well, I actually literally just remembered that as Emily said it. So thanks for making it sound like I liked my own win of a session.
3: <laughs> you were delightful. It was a great session. thanks, buddy. <laughs> Th-
1: that Francesco won. <laughs>
0: <laughs> everybody you know, likes to be a
2: winner, <laughs> yeah, of course they do and And it was just a cool session because it it was a great way to close out the event and everything. But I really did appreciate the meaning behind the session was you know there's it was a cognitive signaling experience you were trying to put into people's heads a fun way to remember like the real actual price of all this different safety equipment and on top of that you know as i said we started off the summit with such a serious tone with um nathan talking about these these really really important things that happened to him in his career and we ended it in a little bit more of a happy way to remember the, the same message right Um, For me, selfishly, it was really important, too, because um, as I talked to you a little bit about this, Steve, and we can totally cut it out if it's too personal, but I had some family in an unsafe situation at that time. So for me, thinking about safety that week, it was really, really on my mind. And to be given the opportunity to think of it in a fun and also productive way was really exciting for me. So I really appreciated that about that session.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Francesca, I will say this to you on air um i gave and continue to give present tense you a lot of credit because you were fully present that day even though there obviously was a lot going on in your personal world and i'm just going to talk through this point i think one of the things that i personally most value about the event safety summit is the opportunity to spend several days nerding out about stuff that I care about very much and not having to explain myself or even apologize for caring so much about this.
0: Exactly. There's no need to justify. That's, that's one of the things I love I don't have to justify that I'm passionate about this. And it. I hope it never, I know in the room it doesn't, but I often think people think safety is punitive and, uh, people who care a lot about it, that's, that's never, that's never why. So, um, all right, let's pivot to Emily.
3: Oh, okay. Um, I would, I'll have to, I have to give credit to Haim and all of his, uh, trauma sessions. Those were hugely impactful and important, but I think the other session that really stuck with me and keeps, it just keeps popping back into my head randomly, was, um, the breakout that Kathy did. Um, and it was, the title was, uh, Beyond the Matrix, What Comes After Risk Management. But what I took away and what really keeps coming back to me is that She said, we're an industry of people who didn't want to sit still, and maybe we didn't test well, and just her bringing up the fact that we have a lot of people who take information in different ways, and we need to be super cognizant of how and why we're saying these things so that we're getting the responses we need, not because people don't care but because not all of us can sit down and hear something and then remember it for the rest of our lives so
0: yeah and and do you have the the blurb from her session in front of you the blurb from
3: her session is
1: and while you're looking for that we're talking about kathy nosley from new zealand right
3: yes Mm -hmm. This session will explore identifying hazards and assessing the risks is just the tip of the iceberg for meeting your risk management duties. You will be taken on a journey of discovery into the world of effective risk mitigation planning and on-site risk management application. As Kathy challenges, we've always done it this way, heads on.
0: There were a couple of things I got out of her session that I thought were great to consider first of all she had a list of vocabulary and she used it a couple different ways but one of them was she used New Zealand terms for tools that you know a wrench was one of them and I forget what it was, but it was it was a shifter a shifter so in in the UK I believe it's a spanner in the US it's a wrench <laughs> so again that was one example but also she she is um She is a swimmer. She's an outdoor swimmer. And she talked about how they gave a safety briefing before the swim, and they gave it to the people on the beach who were thinking about the swim. And they weren't invested in the briefing because the timing was not perfect for the people listening. This is exactly your point of people getting information in different ways, but not not just because of different neurodivergence and learning styles, but also because of timing. If you're thinking about the loadout mm-hmm. and how you're going to pack the case and someone's trying to talk to you about safety, you're not present for that. So it's a sort of, as like, not only do we need to think about what we're telling them, but how and when. And I, I, I love both those takeaways for me personally, from her, the, the use the right vocabulary <laughs> for who's listening and think about the timing, not just the knowledge. So Steve went and got the event safety guide off of his bookcase during that, which was right behind him. He didn't like go to the library or anything. So <laughs> Steve, what do you got?
1: <laughs> I was thinking about the introduction, um, which is essentially who we are. Um, you know, thinking about the different ways that people learn and the first sentence in the introduction reads, we are people who have made our careers in live entertainment, who have experience and expertise, who take our jobs seriously so that other people may safely have fun. And I think there's some acknowledge- yeah, Danielle just made a heart. Um, I think there's some acknowledgement implicit in that, that we all come at these situations that we work in from a different perspective, you know. We are quite different even among the four of us. I think we have a decent variety of life experience and, you know, even though you three all have the same educational background to start out with, you've arrived at somewhat different places even among the three of you. So, I think that I think the diversity of experience is important. It's one of ESA's strengths and Again, I personally find it deeply reassuring to hang out with people who who just get me um, for three days. And I want to segue from that thought um, to a post-summit experience the likes of which one can have only when one has attended the summit in the first place. So Emily, you know that I'm coming to you here um, to talk about our post-summit tour of the Houston Grand Opera. Um, So why don't you tell our podcast listeners about that, and Danielle and I were both there too, and it was a really fun and interesting coda to what I thought was a really fun and interesting summit.
3: Yeah, so, and I would like to mention that this was completely unplanned as far as I was aware. I happened to be in the lobby at the correct time to... Wander into this random tour.
1: Showing Um, up is a big part of of experiencing life.
3: But, you know, we all went to this beautiful new theater. Not super new, though.
0: It's... 87, I think. 87,
3: 87. okay. Based off of the grid, I would not have guessed that. It was the most immaculate grid I've ever seen with all of the... Fly was, lines overhead, it over,
0: overhung. It was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful, and gorgeous. that's not what this pod's about. But we can uh, talk about the rigging in that building for a while. <laughs> the,
3: between the rigging and the wayfinding Did in the basement, it. where mm-hmm. all of the hallways are color coded
0: and that coded with, with, with words the word on it spelled
1: out, the uh, colorblind guy on this podcast. I was so happy.
0: Taking pictures of signs. That's what I do I, when I, took I go pictures play. So of look, signs. There's yep. a cool sign. There's a cool sign. <laughs> I
1: actually forgot that I took pictures of those incredible signs.
3: Incredible theater space. Um
2: and Dude, you guys are making me so jealous. That sounds awesome. <laughs>
3: you just have to wander around looking lost until the ESA adopts you. Because they will take you to the most incredible places. Copy that. Um, but yeah, no just and i believe that was the head carpenter who was showing us around
0: mm-hmm.
3: um hearing about what they do how they figure out what they need um they also have the capabilities of having two full sets and they just lift one up and slide it into place around the other one and like you know just Instant like scene change like you for do everything <laughs> from what was it the opera directly to the ballet and
0: yeah they 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 typically have a couple operas running in rep and they were getting ready to they'd loaded out one and they were about to load out the other one and then they were loading in the nutcracker because that's what we do this time of year any of us
3: <laughs> absolutely so yeah that was an incredible experience. And it was the last thing on my uh, summit bucket list, or not bucket list, checklist for each year, because the first year I think we were in the studio and we did tours of the Rock studios. The next year we were, sorry, post-COVID we were in Mikey's Black Box and did tours of that, so. I was going to awesome. say, Steve, was there a specific point that I was supposed to say that I've missed?
1: No, um, just that you know when you when you gather with people who are interested in nerding out about the same stuff as you, there are cool experiences that you just can't get any other way. And you know, podcast listeners, I hope that if you participated virtually, you don't feel like totally left out.
0: No, this is you know, this is like eight people. <laughs> this is not this is. This was a like an add-on bonus experience, but it was amazing. And it, and a huge thank you to them for letting us come invade their space.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and you know, to say really nice things about the venue and the staff who showed us around and the opportunity that they gave us to, you know, see one of the great things about our host city that there is totally no way that we would have seen any other way. Um, yeah. and we got to see everything. From literally the top of the building to the bottom. And, you know, each of us in the group of eight or ten, I think we were all we were all super interested in different parts of it. <laughs> and I enjoyed that a lot. And, you know, podcast listeners, Danielle often does this this for me. You you've probably picked up on this by now. She explains technical production stuff to me, because what do I know? <laughs> um and Danielle was doing that. Emily, you were doing it too. Um, you know, talking about you know different motors and why it was cool to see cable all spooled up in just a perfect way. And I was learning from you guys. Francesca's cracking up in the background right now. It it must be fun for you production people who know what you're looking at to watch a layperson geek out about cable that's spooled correctly.
0: It's probably more funny for you to be like, they care about that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we do.
1: <laughs> you know, I admire a well-spooled cable as much as the next guy, I suppose. But, but learning the significance of it is what I really geeked out about. And then, you know, when we came around to front of house, I I had better instincts about what I was looking at. But the point is, because there was this whole kind of random picked up in the lobby of the hotel group that we assembled, um, it wound up being a really interesting running commentary for like an hour and 45 minutes. And, you know, until just to, you know, finish the FOMO podcast listeners, we had a really good lunch. Um, (laughs) And so these are the types of things that just, happen almost spontaneously i say almost because it wasn't spontaneous but it was practically spontaneous and it was great not part of the regular program but certainly part of what one gets by just showing up and you know emily being you in know, the lobby at the right time
0: and and i would put in that same category the the conversations that you have with people during the breaks at the summit or if you go out to dinner with somebody that you just met and you can have You know, maybe you don't get a a tour of a venue, but you get to engage with someone with different experiences, but the same motivations. And that's just rock star awesome in the backstage version of rock star. Um, Anyway, so. One of the things I've always loved about the summit, and it took me a couple of years to figure out that that I did actually it was something I looked forward to, is that sometimes. I am in a session that I had what I thought was no interest in it, and somebody says something on a topic that I thought I, you know, there there was one about driving tractor trailers, you know, and this very outside of my life experience and responsibilities, frankly. And partway through it, I I realized I was paying rapt attention and taking notes, um, <laughs> because it was both interesting and I could see how it impacted me and safety in the industry and stuff like that. Uh, that was not this year because I didn't want to, you know, take somebody else's answer. Uh, what, did you hear something this year that you, you weren't there for, you weren't expecting it, may not have anything to do with your regular job that you were like, I had not thought about that yet. So, Emily, we're going to start with you this time.
3: Oh, man, um, Oh, geez. Pulling out the questions I wasn't prepared for.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm good for that.
1: (laughs) Emily, an excellent lawyer trick is to answer the question you preferred to be asked.
3: (laughs) Uh, The answer that I would prefer to be asked. uh, I think there were a lot of really interesting sessions, but the thing that really stuck out to me that I typically absolutely hate was networking and meeting all of these people and everyone is so welcoming and they're so willing to share everything they know with you in a lot of our professions it's this is a secret and that's a secret and we do this this specific way and we can't tell you why And everything is super hush hush. And then you get around these safety people and it's like, and this is how we do this. And here, let me give you my contact info and let me show you pictures of what we all had to do. And um, I'm not great with small talk, but as soon as you talk about safety, everybody just opens up and wants to make sure that everyone is doing better. Not for just, you know, you individually, but making sure that you are helping other people so that we all get safer. For the record, you're great at
2: networking. I think you <laughs> got got pretty close this summit and it was such a pleasure.
3: So that is
2: entirely
3: Saban. Sh-
1: y- you were ranked 4 in the networking metric. You you schmoozed enough that you got on the podcast for goodness sake. I, think I mean that was entirely
3: now. because I was in the lobby at the right time and I went on a <laughs> tour with Steve Adelman,
0: which is networking okay so Francesca <laughs> same question to you
2: <laughs> I keep having to mute myself because I keep giggling at you guys um the same question to me actually, you know, as we were talking about earlier i I think I have the least experience in event safety of anyone on this call only been in this specific role for less than two years. So um, what's so funny is for me, coming into event safety in this day and age, I've always been talked to about mental health resources. I can't remember a single time where at the forefront of the discussion, we weren't engaging with mental health. So for I know for a lot of people, this topic coming into a professional career is something not usually touched on. So when we go into these, um, when we had these different sessions about mental health, you know, I kind of didn't expect to get as much from it as maybe other people would. But I, like you said earlier, Danielle, I was paying like rapt attention. I found myself really, really interested in the conversations we were having about mental health. And I think that just goes to show, even if you're walking into a space you think you know a lot about, um, there's still a lot to learn from it. So um, yeah, those two definitely to answer your question.
3: Oh so, my gosh, it's working.
2: What's working?
3: Mental health is happening in our industry. <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, it's happening.
3: It's happening.
0: Um, so I'm going to answer this question too, because why not? I was also there. And I would say that the weather ones were the ones that I thought I knew the answers on. Because oh, um, you're indoor
2: mostly, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But, but hearing the – I mean – here in south carolina we canceled events last year because of the smoke in canada so i mean to think about how far away we are from that and and, uh, our friend dr kevin Clayson did a a session about the impacts of climate change on events all over the world and again i thought i you know like I was on the, the committee that helped plan the session. So I thought I knew, you know, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then he did the session and I was like, there's so much more to this than I thought. So that was that was my takeaway from, from that session. Steve, did you have any that you heard? And you can't plug anything that you or I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there go the center squares in our bingo game. Um, so I... This is going to sound weird. I kind of experience the summit differently than a lot of other people. You know, I'm I'm drawn into meetings and conversations. I miss parts of most sessions. Um, you know, so I, I'm always kind of catching up on the substance of what we're talking about. So for me, for me the great value of the summit is in the side conversations. It's it's getting to talk to people like Francesca, you and you, Emily. Um, So for me, like the city of Houston reception, the second night was really big because it was unscheduled time that I could just walk around and have a longer conversation with someone. Um, You know, Emily, for me, just being on the the opera tour afterwards i think that was the longest time you and i had to talk even though it was broken up and you know between geeking out about cable and you know colors spelled out on the wall um francesca i think the longest that you and i talked was right after you won the price of safety is right game and i mean to me those were incredibly valuable experiences I think I probably said this from the stage mocking myself, but it's actually true for me. I forget nearly every bit of substantive information I hear very, very quickly. What I do remember is how I felt when someone tells me something. I remember how people make me feel. And if I remember something about their stories, because I do have a good memory for stories. If I remember something about their story, the rest of it will come back to me, especially if someone helps prompt me. So for me, just the experience of chatting with people, learning why they showed up, having conversations like this one that we're having right now, that to me is so valuable because otherwise I'm in, like Francesca, you referred to about your own work until recently, I'm in a silo and I don't like working in a silo. I am much better if I'm not. So, yeah, just the unscheduled time, the impromptu conversations, the stuff that was kind of off the agenda. You know, I don't mean to diss any of the speakers, including Danielle and myself, but those unscheduled moments for me are the ones that stick most on a going forward basis.
0: Well... So at this point, I'm going to take an opportunity to do a little bit of, of housekeeping, as we say. Um, and I wanted to take a minute to thank all of our sponsors. Uh, the venue was amazing. You know, I'm not going to try to list them all because I'll miss one, and I absolutely don't want to do that. Everybody that supported us to make that event possible. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It was uh, Really fantastic. Uh, If you want to email us, our email address is podcast at eventsafetyalliance.org, and we'd love to hear from you. It's the holiday gifting season, peoples. Uh, We have our merch store up. You know, feel free to buy somebody a, a sweatshirt or a water bottle or whatever else we have there. Um, but also what you can do there is you can purchase a gift membership for someone, so give the gift of safety people um, to, to a friend, to someone you're like, hey, I want you to have safety friends too without experiencing the trauma first. Um, our, our upcoming events, I know we will be at Nam. I know we will be at USITT, but that's not until April. In the spring, we will have our weather summit. So watch out for announcements about that. And of course, after listening to this, I know you guys will come to the event safety summit next year. At this point, we're probably still a good 11 months out from that. So you're just going to have to live in hope and anticipation. Um, So as as we finish up, um, I would love to ask our guests, and thank you again, guys, for joining us, um, what what would you like to see at a summit next time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Hands being raised.
0: 15 flavors of coffee.
2: What? <laughs> um, another more happy Danielle. hour. Yeah. More Danielle. <laughs> another happy hour. 15 flavors of coffee. Um, you know, exactly like what you guys have been saying, those experiences that you have, outside the programming or those smaller group programmings as intimate conversations as we can get as possible. Because at this stage of my career, um, being new to this industry, I just need a time machine. I need a way to get as many experiences in my head as possible, as much learning as possible. And that really comes from those more intimate conversations, those smaller group breakouts Um, for So for me, that's, that's what I would love to see next year. And another happy hour. I'm going to say that three times. The rule, of
0: <laughs> the rule of 3. So the rule of 3 the the making it so. Emily, what about you?
3: Um first off, thank you for having us. This has been absolutely delightful.
0: Not oh, yeah, quite as delightful
3: you. as the summit itself, but still definitely up there.
0: H- hard to meet that expectation.
3: <laughs> um next year at the summit, um I would absolutely love to see more of the pre-workshops. I know we had a bunch scheduled for this one. I was trying desperately to take the electrics class that got canceled. If you see it again, absolutely take it, guys. It's incredible, but I need more people to sign up for it.
0: <laughs>
3: um, but those are also super helpful in for Francesca, for getting to know people, to see how just to have those extra few days mm-hmm. is huge. And they really dig deep into things and give you more people to call for whatever random question you have in the middle of the night that you need an answer to right now.
0: Weird, it's not just me. Okay. Oh, no, it happens all the time.
3: Maybe it's a production you are, thing.
2: Yeah, you guys are on my production list now. I'm definitely calling you when I have a power question or something.
3: Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that specifically for me would be great, but... Every time that we can get more, more time to hang out is always useful. Maybe a lot of our conversations happen at a bar after, but I know as the scene shifts, maybe, maybe doing something like a coffee hour beforehand so that it's not always at a bar would be nice. But, you know, just seeing everybody again
0: would be great. Fantastic. Well, I can just say, Steve, that I can't wait to see everybody again. Uh, I'm already missing everyone. It's the time of year where I see my closest friends that I see once or twice a year.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was really great being all together. I kind of forget that because Zoom has made our made it so much easier to see our friends, and you know that's fantastic.
0: Sharing space oh. is different.
1: <laughs> Sharing space is different. The the hug that Danielle and I shared at the end of you know of the summit Aww. when we were leaving the hotel, that was that was pretty big. <laughs>
0: Cute. <laughs> All right. On that sort of cheerful note, yeah. <laughs> thank everybody again and thanks to everyone that participated in the summit, be it online or in person or as a volunteer or as a vendor. We really appreciate all of you. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Stay safe.